0: Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports, as well as anything and everything in between worth some action, and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here
1: we go. All right, welcome to Side Action, episode 10 of season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at WeggsPool on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And I'm Steve Roberts, A.K.A. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31sRoberts.
1: Follow the podcast at Sign Action Pod on Twitter. Action, we're back. We're on Friday. Sorry, I'm sorry, everybody who's usually listening to us on Friday morning commutes, but um, uh, you know, you had a, you had a big outing last night with the with commissioners or whoever trying to rub my elbows with the bigwigs.
0: That's right. A little uh, and previous engagement last night, so we had to postpone. One day, but we're back better than ever. We've had an extra day to take in all the NFL news. Of course, it's a daily news cycle these days. Seems like every day now there's something new that breaks, so we gotta stay
1: on top of it. Insane. We'll talk about it, but it's been a crazy week in the NFL. So much news. We'll see how that affects the lines. Um, I had another fun weekend. You know, we talked about it going in. Ted Lasso made another appearance twice. Uh won an epic comeback in the softball game on Sunday. Yes. I told you about this. We were down 5-2, going to the bottom of the seventh. We were kind of bad all day. Maybe there was a question we'll call at first that I argued our way to get, a, get somebody on first base. They were safe. Then we proceeded to load the bases, force a couple of errors. We came back 1-6 to 5, going away. And, and it was because of the Believe sign action. We were all hitting the Believe sign that Ted Lasso had out there. And the other team was, was salty as hell, uh, but, but we got the win. So another great volleyball outing on the softball diamond this time.
0: And was there a big Halloween extravaganza party afterwards? or?
1: Well, people were supposed to dress up for the event. I was one of probably like eight or ten who did. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I went to a Halloween party on Saturday night. And that was a good time at uh the godfrey hotel kind of an upscale hotel pretty cool venue needed a dance floor if they had a dance floor that party would have been awesome plus dj was he didn't play the good stuff till the end but we had a good time they had some interesting cocktails i, I, I drank a, a cocktail that was coming out of like a like a like a blood infusion bag uh, it was like a kind of a haunted um hospital situation in there but um you know, Ted was popular, got some photos with some people again. Uh saw Roy Kent and uh nice Kel- what's her name? Kelsey Kelsey. Kelsey. Kelsey right? Yeah. <laughs> so they were they were at the party too. So it was a fun time. Fun time. And I went to a little dating event last night, which was it wasn't that well attended, but it was kinda of interesting. It was a red light, green light party, and not it wasn't like Squid Game where you get shot. Um but <laughs> <Spoiler>. the, <laughs> They give you a wristband, and if you were a yellow or I'm sorry, if you're a green, that means you're single, red if you're taken, and yellow if you're it's complicated. Nice. So, went and there with which them. one were you? I was green. It was funny, they gave us the green one, and then it turned yellow. They, they, the we, we, me and the two other guys I went with, all of ours kind of got yellowish, and we're like, Whoa, wait a second, hmm. we're not going, we're getting they're not getting downgraded to you know complicated so we had to swap out and get a new one get a green one so yeah can't uh, give any mixed signals there yeah sometimes it's better but uh anyway well let's let's jump into this here um what was the bleachers show on oh Halloween.
0: yeah melissa and i went to see bleachers at the famous um fox theater it was the fox theater on mm-hmm. sunday and uh nice. lots of costumes in the crowd we didn't dress up but it was a great time as well nice little nice. Halloween outing
1: That's awesome. And you've got another note here. Welcome, Florida, to the world of sports gambling. Yeah. You're late to the party, but there's always room for one more.
0: Yeah, I think I counted either 28 or 29 states now, and Mm -hmm. they took their first legal sports bet on this past Monday, November 1. So another big uh, population in terms of sports fans. I'm (laughs) sure that Florida is going to rival... Many of the top states each month in terms of New Jersey, Nevada, and Michigan, really, that are leading the numbers in terms of sport, sports gambling handle every month.
1: Yeah, a lot of DGENs up in Michigan, apparently.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> we have like 17 different sports book operators, so there's lots of opportunity here in the land of the blue.
1: Lots of apps, yeah, exactly. Lots of outs, that's awesome. All right, well, let's go into uh, week eight Just our normal recap, we've got the underdogs came back this week 10 and 5 against the spread. That's impressive action. 7 and 3 in the road dogs. So it was definitely a a road warrior situation. The unders were a little tighter this week, 8 and 7. And then obviously in general, road teams destroyed it, 9 and 6. So kind of back to that narrative. We've seen most of the season where the home field advantage means nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, underdogs again are coming through. I think that was something to note. We've seen a little bit of a teeter totter each week, so wonder if the favorites will come back this week.
1: They might. You know, it obviously depends on which teams are on the road or you know on home, but um, we'll see. I mean, one of the home teams that did win was, was the Jets. So what what can be said about that? Um, I, was note, <laughs> yeah, right. I was gonna note. I was gonna note. That you know, in my little narrative that I've been tracking this season, again, if we can pick the side, we can we can do all right, because only one game really came down to the spread. You know, I mean, the rest of it was all, and that was that was Monday night, right? The rest of it was, you pick the side right. If you pick the the dog to win outright, you you'd be okay. If you pick the favorite and they won, they usually covered. It. So it's kind of a weird narrative. We'll see if that continues as the season goes on, but. I thought the lines would be getting tighter and this this number would change, but it's still been in in that kind of upper teens range of games per season, games of the season. Well, we'll start um the highs, even though it becomes a low later. Uh the Packers take down the Cardinals in a tough spot without Devontae Adams, who had COVID, um, and uh Alan Lazard. They actually won the game outright and gave the Cardinals their first loss on the season. They won 24-21, covering that spread. Of course, we'll talk later about Aaron Rodgers and his debacle.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely a huge win for the Packers. It keeps them near the top for that number one seed in the NFC. But, I mean, you got to say that the Cardinals probably should have won that game driving late down into the red zone, and they surely at least had a chance at a field goal. And if it weren't for A.J. Green just totally taking the playoff, they probably could have gotten into the end zone. So Mm -hmm. uh, really kind of an interesting outcome the way it goes into the final season tally keeps the Packers kind of high at least they were and uh, and the Cardinals take their first L on the season and Kyler Murray got a little bit banged up so we'll talk about that later as well
1: yeah he's a key to their handicap we'll talk a lot about that later but um you know he wasn't quite right he hasn't been last couple weeks it's been a little weird for him and and we saw this last year and he's a little guy so Mm -hmm. as he gets a little dinged up it's just a different different approach I was um, or you? I think you put this one. <laughs> Pat, Paul, uh, Pete, uh, whatever that dude's name, Mike. Oh, Mike White, yeah, Mike White, the guy we couldn't get right last week. Throws for four or five yards, which is like the second most as a starter, first start in the NFL in like history, basically. At least Cam Newton had more, I guess, in start. And he, I mean, he was incredible. But a lot of it was short passing against that Bengals defense to kind of get the ball out. Three touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, but more importantly. He got the win and uh, something that Zach Wilson has done all season.
0: Yeah, Uh, they did get one win against the Titans, but certainly way better than Zach Wilson's performances. I think I heard someone say that this is the first time in 20 years since Vinny Testaverde played that the Jets had a quarterback throw for over 400 yards. So quite a remarkable game for Mike White. And I think I had heard the reaction that really a lot of credit goes to LaFleur for the game plan because they were keeping it short and White was throwing it to the back, uh, the mm-hmm. rookie back throughout the game and yep. um, completing a lot of passes, as you can see from the high percentage of completions.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he had 14 catches <laughs> the back in question. Um, so he's on your fantasy squad. Good for you. uh we saw him, you know, they, yesterday they, they moved the ball. I mean, we kind of talking a little bit, you know, we already missed the Thursday game. But they played, they were getting hammered in, in the game against the Colts, but they still completed a lot of passes. I mean, that Colts defense isn't that great against the pass, But, yeah, I mean, they put in anybody. They put in Mike White got hurt last night. They got Josh Johnson throwing the ball. So maybe it is a Zach Wilson issue. I'm not really sure. I mean, they're not going to be rushing him back, aren't they?
0: No, I'm not even really sure what the injury is, but I recall mm-hmm. it was three to four weeks at least before the mm-hmm. prognosis.
1: Uh, another positive is the New Orleans Saints. I mean, we kind of, we were on this obviously in our picks, but more importantly, I just think Tampa, you know, they don't match up great against the Saints. It's kind of one of these matchup things we talked about. And, you know, that front four can get pressure. They obviously bring pressure, linebacking crew sometimes. And, you they just kind of have Brady's number. He did have four touchdown passes, but they've been able to beat Tampa three out of four times. Really should have beat him in the playoff game, too, last year. Dennis Allen seems to have the uh, you know, the game plan to stop Brady.
0: Yeah, they do. That secondary was dynamite and a big interception on the last drive that I think they returned for a touchdown, too. They did. So their defense certainly is playing on another level.
1: Yeah, a little surprised me that game went over the total, but yeah, that's fine. We weren't on the totals there, but... Definitely got the win in that one. How about the lows, uh, the bike queens? Oh my, nice. Um, these guys, you know, look. I kind of like Zimmer as a coach, especially when he first started. But it's like he hasn't evolved. I, I don't. You're playing against the Cowboys. They've got what, what is the Cooper Rush? That got that sounds like a, a band or something. Um, <laughs> and they they I don't know what kind of game plan they. They weren't trying to score. I mean, it was such a low-scoring game, and they let Cooper run the last-minute you know, drive to win the game, and they lose outright. It's just a weird game. Yeah.
0: I missed most of it, thankfully. But I was mm-hmm. reading later that they just got completely conservative. They had an opening drive touchdown, which looked fantastic. Yep. And then it's like they just thought that they could hang on and defeat the Cowboys just by going super conservative and not throwing the ball down the field. And obviously that did not work out for them and they got beat. So certainly a disastrous performance for the Vikings. It's, I wonder if they're going to be able to bounce back from that after, after yeah. losing that game.
1: Well, and it's at home too. I, I mean, I don't, we talked about that maybe a home field advantage, but they've lost a couple of games this year. It was a similar situation when they played the Browns where that first opening drive was great. And then they don't score the rest of the game. I mean, it's, it's a little bizarre. We'll, we'll see what happens. Here's another low that I keep hitting really hard on the blog. And, and here, I mean Patrick Mahomes, dude. I mean, this guy, you know, I love him. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a good good player. I think he'll probably get out of this. But there's obviously a game plan to stop this dude. He will, refuses to hit the, sh- the check down and refuses to run the ball. he got 10 interceptions, which leads the league. And they just seem broken on, on offense, dude. Mm-hmm.
0: And their uh, offensive line is performing really well, at least according yeah. to the metrics, but they just refuse to run the ball like they probably should as well. So I think right. it probably goes to the enemy and even coach Andy Reid, too, in terms mm-hmm. of their game plans, because it's clear that the old dynamic throw the ball down the field is not working. So they have to make some sort of change.
1: Yeah, and it was interesting in the red zone. That's kind of when they've been struggling the most. They're kind of a 20-to-20 20 20 team right now. They can move between the 20s pretty easily. In the red zone, I don't know if they're getting too cute or not cute enough. There is that defense. I was watching the, the Manning cast. I don't know if you've been watching that. I love that way more than the regular telecast on ESPN2. I'm not getting paid, but if you want to pay me. Um, so they they spy uh, Mahomes. They double-team both Kelsey, and Hill, yeah. and then he can't do anything. And they only rush four or three sometimes. And so it's a really interesting defense that they have to think about. But I thought, this, right when I saw the alignment on the last play, he took the sack, and they did get the win against the Giants. Just run the goddamn ball. I mean, run the friggin' ball. I mean, I know in that case it was like third and seven or something, but sometimes that'll work. You can pop off and run if everybody's in man coverage, but um, I don't know, it's disappointing.
0: Yeah, I know the running back. Uh, I don't know if he's a rookie or second year guy. Derek Gore yeah. came mm-hmm. out and looked pretty spry last week, so yeah. you gotta wonder if they'll give him some more touches. I still, I've been, you know, stashing Jarek McKinnon on my fantasy team, <laughs> thinking that he was gonna get some run out at some point, and they refused mm-hmm. to put him on the field. So they're gonna have to uh, look to run a little bit this week against the Packers, and it'll be interesting to see if they actually do it.
1: Right, right. We'll see. The last is Carson Wentz. Um, sorry, Action, your Colts, and, and they obviously were our pick, too. He kind of screwed us. He played pretty well. He's great at getting the DPI, the defensive <laughs> pass interference. But this interception that he threw in the end zone with his left hand, I've heard people blaming Reich for the call. I'm like, it's the dumbest play I've ever seen. I mean, God, he's th- getting sacked, throwing left-handed right to the – I mean. Oh, man. Uh, and then he threw the bad pick at the end of the game, th- triple coverage. He just checked out on the back. And he played pretty good last night, but mm-hmm. that was just an awful performance.
0: Yeah, that uh, the end zone interception, it was a poor call on the screenplay mm-hmm. back there. But for him to throw it, it actually, in the end, turned out to be better for us as Colts backers yeah. because it gave them time. They got the ball back immediately instead of yeah. taking the safety and they sure. got into the end zone, tied it up. We went to overtime, and we probably still should have covered at that point had he checked it down to either Mo Cox or Jonathan Taylor. They pick up that first down. So just a case of him trying to do too much as well.
1: Yeah, he's a, he gets a little bit in the hero ball category. Mm-hmm. And it's I just thought in the end, especially you don't know what's going to happen going forward, but them losing that game, I mean they won last night, but they would but it would get, get that win i mean the titans now with henry's injury which you know foreshadowing here we go henry's out for the season basically yeah. so i mean that gives them a chance but now they're basically two games back effectively with the even if they get a the tie they have to win they have to be a full game ahead mm-hmm. um can't split the series so anyway that's what we call a transition in the uh, industry action mm-hmm. so king henry put it down He's, he's he had surgery on tuesday He's done for the regular season. Maybe back to the playoffs, so we'll see. But an interesting foot you know, injury that I'm not sure what it was. I don't know if it was a Liz Frank. I, I didn't really get the details on it, but he's out.
0: Yeah, really tough loss for the Titans. And I've heard all kinds of speculation this week as to what he really means to the point spread. Because mm-hmm. typically you hear from every gambler that a position player can never be more than half a point or one at the most quarterbacks obviously are in a different category but I really feel that King Henry is probably up there in terms of value to his team considering how much they like to use play action pass as well we'll see if yeah. Adrian Peterson can really cut the mustard and live up to Henry's um, high accolades
1: yeah if Adrian Peterson can transport himself like about six seven years ago sure but you know the thing about him why he was just not just difference maker just running the football, I mean, he can take anything to the house. He's getting these short screens and going to the house. I mean, it's it's completely going to change the dynamic of that offense. So we'll see what happens. Um, I do think it actually might help Tannehill, who's going to probably run a little bit more, and A.J. Brown. I mean, hopefully Julio, the ghost of Julio Jones, can show up again. But it's going to hurt the Titans in the long run, no question. Yeah, you, We've already talked about Murray. Murray obviously looks like. Well, from the line, we, we think that he's probably not going to play, right? It's, he's not officially out, but, I mean, the, the line is telling you the story right now where it's flipped from, you know, they were the, the favorite and they're the dog in that game.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, we've seen the move just like last week with Dak. It's almost lockstep the same exact timeline. Right. He also hasn't been present at the open portions of practice this week, even through today, Friday. And um, I've seen several reports here this afternoon that he's going to be questionable. So it looks like it's going to be Colt McCoy lining up for the Cardinals on Sunday.
1: Right. Some other news. I mean, it's just been crazy. Calvin Ridley, we don't know what's going on. He's got some personal situation. He's out indefinitely. He missed last week's game. He's going to be out for a while. That doesn't help Atlanta. Jameis Winston, too bad. I mean, he obviously had a pretty good run when he was in there. Tore his ACL and kind of a rough play there. So it's the Trevor Simeon show. Uh, not the Taysom Hill show right now. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Sam Darnold. We'll talk about that later in the in the handicap. He's concussed. It looked like he probably won't play. We'll get Walker in there. Boy, the two biggest stories though. Well, let's jump. I'm going to jump this one. So we're going to go first. The trade. Uh, Von Miller goes to the Rams from the, the Broncos. That's a huge trade. Mm-hmm. That's going to. They're really going for it again. What do you think about that action?
0: I love it that the Rams continuously put all their chips into Super Bowl basket. They don't really care about draft picks, which I respect.
1: They don't. I, I, I don't know if Von Miller, he's clearly not the same player he was, say, you know, Super Bowl run. Um, but who is, right? But at the same time, I mean, it's hard to argue when you've got probably the best interior rusher ever. I'm um, not ever, but definitely top five guy and Aaron Donald. And now you've got, you know, an elite guy on the outside it's just going to help jalen ramsey and the crew i do like that mm-hmm. and then beckham obviously got dismissed so whatever let's get to the two big <laughs> topics first let's which one do you want to do first i mean they're both one's probably more impactful for the spread than the other one but i was trying uh, I guess to I guess remember
0: before... the timeline i think that they both came out in the media like in the same hour or within two
1: hours of each other crazy um i'll go rugs first just because it's a tragedy, and, and obviously, you know, our guy, I, I didn't, I was working, you know, I was working at work and we get our proxy is sending us messages about Henry Ruggs who was going 156 miles an hour down Rainbow Boulevard, which is like a, re, not a residential street, but it's, it's not like a highway. It's a surface, you know, drunk and, and killed, uh, killed somebody and terrible story. Um, obviously he was cut by the Raiders this week and, and deservedly so. I know the cars stepped up to try to support him as a person, which I totally understand. It's just, it's rough, dude. This is rough. I mean, DUIs are real. And in this case, it's a young guy, and he's only like 22 years old or something, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, really sad, for sure. And uh really have to wonder how the Raiders are going to be able to bounce back again from another you know, tragedy within their organization. They had to go through this already with losing the coach Gruden and uh, not that these are on similar wavelengths whatsoever, no. but certainly a, a distraction from football.
1: No question. And then the biggest one for the point spread probably is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this dude, I think it's interesting. Everybody knows the story probably by now that he was immunized <laughs> by some sort of homeopathic Scythia Have you ever seen a, <laughs> that movie, was it called Contagion, where they had this like, kind of phony phony cure called forsythia that they were pimping out and it actually didn't work. Um, I kind of envisioned that he was taking forsythia. But anyway, he, he says straight up to the reporter way back and basically got denied by the NFL on his exemption, but he wasn't following any protocols. So, you know, he's obviously got COVID. Yes, he was John Wick. Who cared about that? But what do you think about all this? I mean, I heard he can't get suspended. I heard that he's, he can't get suspended, but the organization get fined. He's always going to miss at least two games, but
0: for co- do you mean there'd be no suspension under the league rules for breaking protocol?
1: That's so, what I heard. Okay, I heard that because the players' association or something would just jump all down their throat, but they can definitely find him in the organization sure. because they didn't, you know, they didn't follow protocols.
0: Well, I do know for sure that due to his unvaccinated status, that he's out for a minimum of 10 days for team activities. So the the earliest that he can return to the organization would be next Saturday, which is obviously one day before they play the Seattle Seahawks next week. And um, that line, the look ahead line on that game, which you can bet at a number of spots, has not moved yet off of the Packers minus five number. Okay. And so, okay. I mean, you would have to expect that he's going to be back to play in that game regardless of having not practiced all week. And uh, right. uh, we just have to kind of move forward with that thought process.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. For me, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's yet another distraction though, right? I mm-hmm. mean, to do distraction all off season, they've, I mean, they've been playing well uh, despite all that. I mean, losing Adams last week with COVID and now you know, this week we'll see against the chiefs, but I don't know. I mean, in Packerland. I'm sure that they're – I don't know how they feel about him. Maybe they don't like him or whatever. He's obviously given them wins. But he, I think, even more than Henry, is going to move that point spread like crazy. I mean, we've probably already seen it. But he, it should be – it's valid. I don't know if it should go as far as it did. But, um, you know, more than even Dak or somebody like that.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, we the number we can talk about it when we get to that game, but you're talking like eight and a half, nine points now on the move.
1: That's right. Well, let's kind of quickly go over the power ratings. You spent so much time on the news. Um, you know, kind of similar here. I've got Bills, Cardinals, Bucks, Rams, and Cowboys in my top five. And look at that. It's exactly the same as DVOA. So we're doing something, right, uh, DVOA and the WEGS index. Thank you. Golf clap.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> impressive. I, I can't believe it. I mean, maybe you broke into, like, the secret algorithm of the DVOA research and – uh all the numbers align or it's just that uh, the teams are are pretty clear cut and I think it's more of the latter yeah. there's a pretty de- clear delineation of contenders and the rest of the league
1: yeah there's another group of like four teams you got the Browns I think they're on my list but like four teams like the Patriots and Ravens there's like another tier there that's definitely below this group mm-hmm. so uh, but we'll see if that plays out. I mean there's still a lot of questions. You still got the Cardinals on here, you've got you know, Cowboys Dak should play obviously, but you know, there's still question marks even on with some of these teams. The Browns, especially on your 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 list on number six. Well let's jump into it. We can skip last night's game. Thanks, Akron. Um <laughs> Colts
0: winner. There was some point spread drama at the very end as Mm -hmm. the Jets were driving. (laughs) I'm sure half of America who had bet the Colts were – I, for one, thought the Jets were getting in the end zone to get in the back door there, which would have been remarkable after being down 42-10.
1: Yeah, 42-10, and they almost come back. I mean, crazy, but uh, good for the Colts, good for uh, you know Jonathan Taylor and Wentz played pretty good. Mm -hmm. So let's go to this first game, which is very interesting. Houston is going to Miami. Uh, Miami opened as a seven-point favorite at home, 45.5-point total. Now, in the contest, it's 4.5 uh, with a 46.5-point total. Now, we were talking about this before the pot. I was I was all disheveled. I mean, the market is 5.5. Uh, River says 6. This is 4.5. So we were discussing this with Tyrod Taylor. Circa's making the point that it's going to get bet down, and this 4.5 will be more like the closing line. Is that that's what we're thinking?
0: Yeah, I think this is another instance where they're just projecting ahead of where they expect this game to go by kickoff. Now knowing that Tyrod Taylor's back in at quarterback and remember through a game and a half week one and week two in Cleveland, they were moving the ball and putting points on the board. So they've have lost a few pieces since then. And, um, and certainly Tyrod likely hasn't been practicing. He hasn't been practicing, so it could be a little bit of rusty, but, Mm -hmm. um, I think that there would probably be only one way to look for me on this game, and that's with Houston, because I don't trust Miami and Tua in the slightest.
1: Okay, gotcha. What do you think? No, I agree. Um, I think you're right. I think that uh, when I was looking at the game, even at six, I was thinking you know, Miami's at home, but I can't go with this team. Seven points? Come on. And this team isn't playing very well, even though I, I liked them in the preseason. And with Tyrod. I mean, it's logical that everybody's going to pick that game. So I don't know. It may be a good to stay away spot just in general because who knows what will happen. But four and a half is a – you can't go with Miami on that, but four and a half is no way. Yeah. Um, let's go to the next game, uh, Denver and Dallas. Uh, so Denver's on the road. They lose Von Miller. We'll see how much that point spread matters. Uh, but Dallas opens as a seven-and-a-half point favorite, 49-point 40, total. In the contest, it's up to 10. That's pretty much the market now. Forty-nine and a half point total. Yeah, this is my survivor pick this week. I believe I'm taking the Cowboys, so I'm taking them. Uh, Dak should be back, uh, from what I heard anyway, uh, and that's the line that kind of indicates that. Ten points is a lot, though. Are you willing to jump mm. to the Cowboys or just stay away?
0: No, I think that there's a little bit of value on the Denver side on, in this game. Dak's coming back off the injury, and I think the line tells us that he's going to play, at least as of today. And, um, you know, the Cowboys are still, after that remarkable cover last week where the whole world was against them, they're still unblemished against the spread. Now a healthy 7-0. That's right. But I think that, I've mentioned this several weeks ago, and I think now it's finally starting to catch them, that you're seeing the point spread tax on the Cowboys. This is now the biggest spread that they'll – laying this entire season that previously their high was seven and a half point favorites at home against the New York Giants and I for one think that the Denver football team even though they haven't been covering many numbers lately they did get off the schneid last week against Washington right. and I think that 10 is just too many points in this game I don't believe that the Cowboys are set up to run away with it
1: so Teddy covers comes back finally huh?
0: back in his familiar underdog role too which is Well, important. I,
1: you know, I will agree with you that the index says this should be a six-point game, right? Or a six-point spread. But what what do you think is the value of Miller then? So it's just a, a point or two?
0: No, not even. I, I don't even oh. think that should move the needle at all, okay. to be honest with you. I mean, Denver still has a pretty good defense. It's They're really more built on the secondary. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Obviously, Miller and Bradley Chubb, when he was in the lineup, were formidable. But I, I don't know that Miller by himself is going to be that highly rated above his replacement.
1: Okay. Well, let's put it as a yellow. I'm not All right. on you. Fair. On my list, but I hear you. We, we're disagreeing <laughs> on a lot of stuff this week, so it'll be fun. Um, <laughs> okay, Minnesota at Baltimore. Baltimore opened as a six-point favorite at home, 49.5-point total. That's pretty much the contest and the you know consensus. You know, Same total, so nothing's really moved in this game, which is kind of interesting to me. Look, Minnesota, we know that they are – I don't even know what they are. They're the most up-and-down team in the league to me. The Ravens get the bye, coming off the bye. John was a better coach than Zimmer. I don't know, but this, this spread is off for me, though. I, it's just an index pick. I'm not saying I like the Vikings, but these teams are very close in the index action. They're like back-to-back. So it's hard for me to jump on board. I would rate this a two-point spread. So a six is, is a big number. Um, I know you're on the Ravens, and I, and I do like the Ravens in general. I don't know if I can get on board with uh, laying, the, laying the wood here.
0: Yeah, I understand your perspective, but I, to me, this one just comes down to a matchup. And like I do for many Ravens games, I always start with the rushing matchup and look at that opponent rush defense. And Minnesota, while their defense is, is pretty good in general, they're fourth-ranked, preferred DVOA. They're only twentieth against the run, mm-hmm. and I don't think that they have faced off against a rushing attack quite like this really since last week against the Cowboys.
1: Right. And, so um, you got you know, written it up there.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, Minnesota rush defense gives up four point six yards per carry, and, uh, and and Baltimore obviously exceeds that on average. So I think that the Ravens' rushing attack should be in for a big game.
1: Okay, I'm gonna stay away for now, buddy. We'll see. All right. Talk yeah, me right back on. To Saturday. Good morning. Uh, Let's go with New England against Carolina. Uh, Carolina, or actually New England, opened as a two and a half point favorite on the road. Forty-four and a half point total. It's three and a half now in the contest with a forty-one point total. Obviously, you got no Darnold. I don't know if it really matters to me if Darnold or Walker plays. To be honest with you, I mean, they're little kind of bad. I don't love. I know you love the Patriots. I know you've been on the Patriots band (sighs) all season. Um, I don't love them being favored on the road, especially with a hook. I, and, again, I think they're going to win the game. So I guess I should go with my initial, initial. hey, they win the game, they cover. But uh, in the index, this is, again, another one of these index deals. I don't love the spread here. I, I, I'm not saying that they're going to lose, but mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's It seems like a little heavy to me for the line, for, for a team that, I mean, yeah, they won a big game last week, got a pick six. But, I don't know, I guess P.J. Walker sucks, so it's it's the Belichick angle against a bad quarterback, right?
0: Yeah, and I, I'm going to disagree with your uh, rating on the two. I think P.J. Walker is a significant downgrade from Dar- Darnold, mm-hmm. even though he's been playing a little bit worse recently darnold that is pj walker and his one entry into the game against the giants was awful and in fact i think of all the quarterbacks who have gotten into games this year he has the worst qbr of all of them by a significant margin and i think that if he ends up suiting up which i think it appears that may be the case because darnold still hasn't cleared protocol then i think the carolina offense is in for a world of hurt against belichick and that defense I, do, I did read that Christian McCaffrey is going to be back this week, so certainly that gives Walker a little bit of an outlet out of the backfield, yep. and I'm sure he'll get involved in the pass game as well. But I do like New England here. I think realistically that if Walker starts, this game should be more like six, so uh-huh. I think there's some value on the Patriots there.
1: Sam, Sam Darnold is worth two-and-a-half-point moves.
0: I think so, yeah. I mean, compared to his replacement. Yeah. You know, if there was a legitimate backup quarterback, you know, like uh, like Sam Ellinger of the Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> then maybe we're talking about something different. and no, I'm just kidding.
1: Cam is on waivers. Um,
0: That's right. Huh? Reunited and go up against his old team, that would be something, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I, I know that I understand the handicap. It It makes sense. I just kind of feel like, I don't know. I mean, everybody's on board. Maybe they, you know, again— Carolina's defense is pretty good. I, yeah. I, I don't know how good, you know, we, Mr. Mac Jones over there. He's got his jersey on underneath that Purdue uh, hoodie. I, you know, I think he's gonna struggle in this game. So maybe you're right. Maybe they win ten to three. I don't know. I mean, it could be an easy win, seventeen to seven or something because they can't score. But we'll see. I, I guess. I will
0: say, though, on that side of the ball, the Mm -hmm. New England Patriots against the Carolina defense, they've been running the ball a lot more recently. Damian Harris has really gotten some more workload. And the Carolina defense, similarly to Minnesota, is ranked 19th in rush DVOA. So Mm -hmm. I think while Mac Jones may have a little bit of struggle throwing the ball down the field, I expect this game is going to be pretty low scoring. I, I really love the under and the first half under 21 as well. Right. For, we'll throw that in there. But um, I think New England should be able to have some success on the ground, keep the clock moving.
1: Okay, I'm standing away now. We'll, we'll probably have to pick one of these games at some point. but uh, Right on. You know. All right, uh, Buffalo goes to Jacksonville. Buffalo's Buffalo schedule, a little easier than I thought. Um, <laughs> so the 8.5-point favorite opener, and a half point total. There's your ambulance action. I know you're worried about it. Um, Buffalo is now 15 in the contest on the road, uh, 48 and a half point total. Look they, we, we rode them last week, they did cover the number for us, barely uh, got a little bit tight but they did it. Uh, this number is pretty much right where I've got it uh, you know, it's 16, I mean it's a really good team, that's a lot of points dude I hate Jacksonville but that's, that's too many, right?
0: No, I don't think so <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was I backed the Jaguars last week, or no, we talked about it, and they got thoroughly trounced. Of course they by did. the they wor- The league's worst defense in Seattle coming <laughs> off of the bye. I, I, couldn't told have been worse- I
1: told you that. You didn't listen to my handicap.
0: I know, I know. I re- regrettably, that was like the one big loser I had last week. But um, the- now they're going up against the league's number one defense in the sure. Buffalo Bills. Number one across the board, Pat. All right fifth and rush d v o a but nearly every other category oh, yeah. per football outsiders the Bills defense is number one and uh on the flip side the Jacksonville defense is number thirty two oh,
1: so yeah.
0: I think this should be a pretty wide margin even more than 15 points I would consider playing it as a little contrary play
1: okay well that one you might be able to talk me into because I do trust the okay. bills um whew, so many points okay <laughs> what was it 14 and a half last week or thirteen and a half
0: I think it was 15 in the contest as well, and they won by 16. You're right. It might have been 14 in the hook.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was put it as a yellow. I, it's like, keep riding the bills. And, you know,
0: we mentioned it last week too And the same handicap applies. They have no trouble putting their foot on the gas. No. You saw Late last week, there was like a minute left when Josh Allen scrambled for that touchdown in the cover. So they have no issue putting points up.
1: No, I know. It's true. They, they, they They're going for it. They're going for it. Okay, put his yellow. Uh, here we go. Big, big AFC North battle. Cleveland going to Cincinnati. Uh, so, Cincinnati open as a three-point favorite at home, 45-point total. Now that's two-and-a-half, 47-point total. You know, Baker is playing. No? hmm He is? Okay, he's playing. He didn't yeah. do well. The Steelers just no. stuffed him last week. Um, you got no Odell Beckham, which is probably better. Get him off the team. Get the distraction gone. I mean, Chubb's healthy. I, I don't know, man, This it, Cincinnati fell on their face, and I think that we kind of maybe saw that coming. I mean, not that they were gonna lose, but maybe a little too too high and mighty for themselves. I don't know, man, this is a tough one. On paper, it's probably the right spread um, to me, so I don't know if there's a lot of value here. Uh, it's like a, it's a permanent division, and, and it's inside the three, so they, they did a good job in this contest.
0: Yeah, I think this is a good number two. I- I really want to lean to the Bengals, mm-hmm. and I mean, that just is com- comes down to comparing the two quarterbacks and how they've played this year. I think that Burrow has been light years at better than Baker mm-hmm. throughout this entire season, yes, and you would logically seem to think that the Browns would turn to their running game in this matchup, and the Bengals have a really good rush defense, so... Probably lean to the Bengals, but and I also really would like to think that they just got caught in a massive sandwich spot last week. They did between the Ravens game and then looking ahead to this Browns matchup in the division. And so you got to think that they're going to play better this week, but it is a really tough game to pick. Um, well, the Browns have to win. I mean, they're formed,
1: mm-hmm. uh, they they right. can win this game. I mean, this is definitely i'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs if they lose, but. They're getting in that situation, right? They lost to mm-hmm. the Steelers already. Uh, they, they lost – they play the Ravens yet? Maybe not. Please. No, they played them twice down the okay. stretch. So, I mean, this is – these are big games, and I haven't seen the Cleveland that we thought they'd be. So, I don't know. I prefer to stay away just because, I mean, I mean, it's going to be a fun game to watch, probably a grudge match. But um, I kind of like the JFC North games. They usually are pretty competitive, you know, Obviously, the Ravens-Bengals weren't that competitive, but usually they are.
0: I think that's probably a good game plan for us. The one thing I do want to monitor is the Browns' secondary injuries. Denzel Ward ended up not playing last week, and I think he's going to be key in this matchup against that Bengals passing
1: attack. Right, right. Let's talk about this one. Uh, the, the Raiders are going to the Giants. Uh, Raiders open as a 2.5-point favorite on the road, 47.5-point total. It's three in the contest. The total tick down to forty-six and a half. I know you're on the Giants, um, at least in the in the write-up here. Look, I don't know, man. I don't. I've heard a lot of different things, but I'm just going to try to tr- trust the index. The index went six and one last week. I mean, it was incredible. I'm not saying to nice. do it every week, but the Raiders are a much better team than the Giants. Period. So let me just put that out there. The three is actually a good number. I mean, I, I hoped it was two and a half. But more importantly, the Giants, from what I've heard, have zero home field advantage. They did beat Carolina, yes. Um, they're a much better road team. They're a road dog team. Uh, and obviously they have one, one game zone. But you think that it's going to be another because, you know, it's West Coast going to the East Coast and because of this Rugs thing, they'll be shaken up. I mean, he does influence the offense, obviously. But mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, and they were he and Carr were starting to build some rapport. Mm-hmm. Obviously that came out directly in his press conference yesterday. Yep. Um so I do think that he's gonna be a loss, but I don't think that on the football field it's really gonna impact the Raiders offense too okay. terribly. The the bigger concern I have is just their history in these uh games coming out of the bye. They're okay. three and fifteen straight up coming out off the bye in the I've last heard, eighteen years. So it's pretty. It's a pretty. It seems like it's an organizational thing, and then couple that with the fact that they're traveling to the East Coast, and then add the rugs drama on top of that. I just think it's a really tough spot for them to come and give their A game. Right. And I've just so many times have seen the Raiders fall flat on their face, and I would just hate to to lose one on our card due to that. I don't really like the Giants, though, to be honest with you. I I prefer probably just the pa- Raiders or pass? Yeah, it's probably pass. But...
1: I mean, I'm not all on the Raiders, but
0: yeah, pass. The, the Giants had a ton of COVID scares this week, too. I think mm-hmm. their defense, or running backs coach um, did test positive twice, so he's certainly out this weekend. They had a lot of tests that came back as false positives, mm-hmm. but then there's some more that are piling up, so definitely something to monitor as well.
1: Mm-hmm. well how about this one? Can I interest you in a, in, in a New Orleans against Atlanta matchup? Uh, you've got... New Orleans is open as a a five-and-a-half point favorite at home, 45-and-a-half point total. Now they're six-and-a-half at home, down to 42-and-a-half. Obviously, Ridley being out of the Atlanta lineup hurts them quite a bit. We've seen that so far. Trevor Simeon's the quarterback. He played fine, but we know that he's not a great NFL quarterback. Six-and-a-half's a a pretty big number. But, you know, God, I mean, if this wasn't a divisional matchup, looking at the numbers, Saints are going to crush them. That's the way I look yeah. at it. But it's a divisional matchup, so I'm a little bit scared of the six and a half, but they are did good Saints in my preseason or pregame write-up.
0: Okay. Yeah, this one is really tough, too. I agree that the Saints seem like they would be the play, but I just have concern that this offense has the ability to score enough to cover this number. Right. I, I love the under. I, I played it. Personally already, and I know it's been trending down, I think my second favorite bet in this is the Atlanta team total under as well, looking at 17 or 17 and a half, because I'm not really sure how the Falcons are going to score in this game. Right. right. Without Ridley, it allows the defenses to key in on Kyle Pitts, yep. and Gage is really their only other weapon in the offense. They've been keeping Patterson in the backfield recently, yep. so the Saints defense is going to have a very successful day.
1: What's the Saints ranking in DVOA? Are they are one or two? Or they're at Buffalo, I guess, in the offensive stream. They're
0: third ranked in defensive DVOA. Arizona's at second.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean they're they're incredible. So, man, this is okay. First of all, America, this is the game you tease. You tease this one yeah. down to the point, and pick another one. We can talk another one, but this is definitely one. Maybe with Baltimore, or something like that. Well, we'll see. I guess we can pass it. I, I did have them as a pick, um, one of the few favorites that I picked this week on my, you know, uh, on the index picks. You know, I'm blind to the index.
0: I mean on the, the other, the question really should come down to the handicap on the other side of the ball. Yeah. Do we think that New Orleans, Trevor Simeon, potentially, um, who's the other quarterback? Taysom Hill is back this week okay. out of a concussion which could be somewhat troublesome because his game is obviously running the football. And right. now that they're down to two quarterbacks, you got to figure they're going to be careful about getting another one injured.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, what's Atlanta's run defense like?
0: 25th against the run, 29th against the pass, 30th overall, certainly not good on any uh, metric.
1: I just think they get there, man. I, I think they're going to pound this team. I, I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to beat them like 30 to nothing, but it could be like a 17 to... 7 17 to 3 game. I mean, you know, Kamara's going to get the ball. He's going to run the yeah. ball well. They're going to get enough, you know, passes out there. We didn't even mention that, that it matters. Michael Thomas out for the year. He was supposed to come back and hurt himself again. Good. Good um, but look, I mean, the only thing I worry about is that it is a divisional rival, you know, and I, I mean, it isn't like Arthur Smith has been in the, you know, in the division much. So, But that's my only fear about this one. So I I go Mm -hmm. yellow. Yeah, good call in yellow.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, Sean Payton certainly has their number. Mm -hmm. Looking at the recent head-to-head history, the Saints have covered in seven out of the last eight games against Atlanta. So I do understand Arthur Smith, new head coaching regime in Atlanta. But uh, Payton certainly knows how to beat his division rivals. He does.
1: So, all right. I'm feeling better about it, but let's keep yellow. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go, Chargers Philadelphia. This is uh, great for my, my company mates. Um, so the Philly is actually a, a road, I'm sorry, a home dog in this one. The Chargers three-point uh, favorite on the opener, 50-point total, but it's down to one and a half uh, on the road for the Chargers and a fifth, still 50-point total. Originally, I liked the Eagles in this one um, because actually they're better in the index, which is, you know, this is what happened. You know, but sometimes that doesn't always work. Uh, But I don't know, man. The Chargers, they've definitely taken a a dive after, you know, getting the big wins early. Now it seems like they're hitting the skids. But the Eagles, can they run the ball? And this is the thing about the Chargers. Can they run the ball? Because they're not really a running team. Or will
0: they choose to?
1: Yeah, right. Um, And the Chargers at some point are going to find their stride again. So I'm not bullish you know, on, on picking the Eagles, even though they're an index pick. What are your thoughts?
0: I think you hit the nail on the head. This handicap comes down to whether or not the Eagles will run the ball or have, I know they'll have success because the Chargers run defense is a big problem for them. They're uh, 32nd ranked against the run. And, um, they're giving up 5.1 yards per carry to their opponents. And Philadelphia certainly is capable. The, the thing is, they just are only running the ball on 35% of their snaps. Right. So. And um, that's with a running back. <laughs> yeah. And they're without Miles Sanders now, too, which makes me wonder if they are going to shy away from it again. But surely Sirianni and his offensive coaching staff know what the splits are, too. Right. So – you have seen, again, week after week after week, there are some groups in the pro betting industry that love the Eagles. Yep. I think that the number has moved their direction in every game this mm-hmm. season. And again this week, it's now trending towards pick them. Yeah, I don't know what the current number is but i think it's yeah, better it's than it's one and a half in the contest let see one and a
1: half right now but okay you know it's funny in the past where we've had these teams like this last year was a Chargers. Remember the Chargers were the, yeah. the team it's like it's like mm-hmm. role reversal they were a bet on team who was the other team last year it was like everybody bet on them but they couldn't win um the eagles could win i mean you know they could win the game we'll see but i just i can't I can't back the Eagles here. I think it's a Chargers or pass, even though it's an index pick. So I'm going against you, index, sorry. But um, I don't know. It's hard. If if the number was bigger, if it was stayed at the three, I would be all over the Eagles. But I just don't like that short number for the Chargers.
0: I agree with you. I think it's going to be contrarian, too, Mm -hmm. given the news and the move this week. What do you think about the Chargers offense matching up against the Philly defense? Do you think that Herbert and company will be able to have success on that side of the ball?
1: Well, what's what, what has been stopping this offense? I don't understand. It was like gangbusters for four weeks. Yeah. And then That's now true. it just seems they, they must have figured something out. I know that Herbert is turning the ball over more. I mean, you expect that against the Patriots to get confused and stuff. But the Ravens, I got the spot because they went across the country. You know, it was the, they had the big win that, you know, let down spot. I don't know. I I would think they can, but I mean, the Eagles, it's always their defensive front. They've got that good defensive front. So you put pressure on any quarterback, he's going to give the ball up.
0: Yeah. This is a tough one. I I would consider the Chargers, though. We should color it
1: yellow. Okay. All right. Let's go to this one. This is an interesting one. we got Green Bay going to Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City opened as a a 2.5-point favorite at home, 53.5-point total. As soon as the news came out about Rodgers, Shut all the way up to seven and a half in the contest. It's about seven in the market right now, 48 point total. I can't back the Chiefs. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude, this team sucks. I don't, I, I, we talked about it. I, maybe they can cover, I mean, Jordan Love, God. I mean, can we really back Jordan Love? When I, when when it came out at a half a point for the Chiefs, I was all over Green Bay with, with Rodgers. And obviously it makes sense. You get seven more points. That's too big of a move for one, for one guy, right? Maybe, maybe not um i not back the dc reaction actually. But can i really jump on board and and his first career start at arrowhead is jordan love i don't know if i could do it I, not for a contest pick
0: yeah i'm in the same boat as you i think i would I, for a half minute uh consider the chiefs and i gotta tell a story i got lucky because last week i was trying to play my look ahead game and figured that green bay would struggle against arizona on thursday night and try to get ahead and i laid two and a half with the chiefs and of course monday morning the numbers come out and immediately it moves to the packers minus one and i'm thinking damn it i have a bad bet here and i got lucky with closing line value of course that doesn't mean anything until this game is played but um I I agree. I think that it would probably be tough to back the Chiefs winning by seven and a half points here, it, even though we talked about earlier, they're going to have to try and run the ball and take what the defense gives them. And you've got to figure that on the other side, the Packers are going to have the same game plan and just pound mm-hmm. those running backs into submission yeah. because the Chiefs have a shitty run defense. So uh, it comes down to Jordan Love, probably. And it's a big unknown in my mind.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, if you got the Stones, I, I, I wouldn't back the Chiefs. I'd back the Pack because I think – I don't think they're necessarily – well, they're a better team on paper, at least in index-wise, right. but but that's, of course, with Rodgers. And their defense is playing pretty good. Like last year, their defense wasn't very good. It's actually the offense that is not that good this year, actually. I mean, you look at the metrics, even with Rodgers, they're in the, like, the 20s and stuff. They're not really scoring that many points. Uh, they're playing games a little differently, so maybe it will work to their advantage. I mean, we're, I want to see LaFleur. I haven't seen this guy without Rogers, so I don't know what to expect, you know. And so, you know, being a, a prudent guy, I, I'd stay away. I mean, if, if you want to tease this game down, I could see that maybe, but Chiefs mm. barely cover numbers against crappy teams, you know what I mean? Yeah. So.
0: Historically, the Packers have been really bad without Aaron Rodgers, though. Okay. So oh, yeah. it's just tough with this given opponent to try and look to see bet on the Chiefs covering a big number right now against any team.
1: Right, exactly. All right, let's go to a little more interesting game. Arizona against San Francisco. Uh, Arizona opens a three-point favorite on the road, 47-point total, and the contest is down to one, and it's one and a half across the board. Uh, actually, is it that? So it's and 45 point total. Actually, we talked about this. Two and a half. Two and a half. So it flipped. So that's right. It's two and a half. They're they're actually San Francisco's favored now by two and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Because we expect that Murray's not going to play. So is this like an auto pick again? Is this exactly like the DAC thing? Now we, we got burned last week on it, as everybody else in the contest did. Yeah. But. <laughs> It's a little bit different story. I think San Francisco's defense is pretty good, even though you have a lot of points to the bear somehow. But um I mean San Francisco's do, man. They gotta win a game at home at some point, right?
0: Yeah, they've been so bad at home the last several years, it's like they have 0.0 home field advantage. Yes. But I even before I saw this trending down and looking at obviously the, the points were higher at that at that time, but I've liked the Niners since opening Monday morning this week. And that's more due to the play that I saw from Jimmy G last week. I think that he showed some more confidence and he was getting outside the pocket and running it a little bit, which helped their offense. I think he scored twice on the ground last week and they're supposed to get back Trent Williams on the offensive line. And George Kittle is anticipating to return to the lineup. So they're looking to get a little bit more healthy And I think that uh, going against the Arizona Cardinals, who are not healthy at all, not only Kyler Murray's injury, but DeAndre Hopkins could barely stay on the field last Thursday night. And I think this is a really tough spot for the Cardinals.
1: And we mentioned JJ Watt was missing last week, so maybe that was a factor in their loss. Sorry, there's a. I'm right by this road. Can you hear this noise? Uh huh. Somebody's jamming the. The Rock over here. Um, Well, I I like it. You know, we went with them last time, San Francisco against Arizona, and it looked like the right side. They just kind of couldn't get in the back door there. Mm -hmm. And that was Trey Lance, who, you know, wasn't good. Uh, So I'm with you. I think we go San Francisco on a green.
0: Yeah. Yeah, ditto. It's going to be a heavy-picked game, but uh, I think at this point, like we talked about, we just need to stack up some wins.
1: Right. All right, uh, we got the Sunday night game. This was going to be, well, it's still going to be a big game. Tennessee just keeps keeps going, man. They keep winning big games. They're going to the Rams, though. Rams open as a four-point favorite at home, 52-point total, all the way up to seven-and-a-half action and a 53-point total. Um, you know, when the before all the Henry news, I was definitely going to be on the Rams' side, no question, because this, this kind of – incredible mystery tour that they're putting on for Tennessee. It's it's not smoke and mirrors, but metrically this isn't a great very, very good team, action. I, yeah. I they keep winning these games. It's kind of a mystery. This team's okay. They're really good on offense. Their defense is terrible. So at some point the luck's gonna run out. It's definitely going to be this time seven and a half. I hate the hook action, but I, I might still get on board. It might just be a popular pick.
0: Yeah, I I really like the Rams too and obviously wished that it wasn't a seven and a half. <laughs> um, I I think that um, obviously Henry is going to be a huge downgrade for the offense, and right. uh, Julio Jones is also going to be out again this week. So now that's going to let the Rams just key in on Brown. I have to figure that Jalen Ramsey is just going to line up and take Brown out of the game. So sure. without that as the offense, I don't really see how the Titans are going to be able to do much um, moving the ball or putting points on the board. And on the flip side, the Rams passing game has just been lights out this year with Cooper cup and Stafford's connection. I don't see how the Titans are going to stop them. So I, I would like to back the Rams here, and put our money down on that seven and a half, even despite the number.
1: Yeah, me too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. I'm gonna say my teaser is the Saints and Rams this week. Nice, like it. <laughs> so yeah, it's an auto pick for me for the Rams. Good. And hey, we the, like greens. I like one greens. other
0: note I wanted to mention. This is an ultimate letdown spot for the Titans, coming off three massive AFC wins versus Buffalo, Kansas City, and Indy. Now they're yes. going out of conference to play against the Rams. Like, what incentive do they have to play hard in this game?
1: Right. Exactly. Totally agree. Action. They got to lose at some point. Um, okay, so last game, ooh, Monday Night Football, Battle of Blue Bloods, the Mighty Bears going to the Steelers. Boy, this game seemed a lot better in the preseason. Uh, Pittsburgh opened as a five-point favorite at home, forty and a half point total. It's it's up to six and a half for the Steelers at home, and the thirty-nine point total. So we're gonna see a real beautiful offensive game here on Monday night. Um, only can take one side in the Steelers here action, but I don't know if I can back him at six and a half. We talked about Tomlin, and he's terrible at covering numbers. I don't know if I can back the Bears, though. I'm a little – and the Steelers' defense is still decent. You know what I mean? They, they showed it last week, and obviously field's played really well last week, but this is going to be a rough outing. I mean, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I can't just – I can't back I can't back, I can't back either team here.
0: That's fair. I – I really do think that there's value with the Bears, though. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: on one hand, you do foresee Justin Fields having a long night, and yep. I, I anticipate that's going to happen. But on the other side, I just don't see how the Steelers' offense is set up to cover a number in the six <laughs> and a half range. So uh, I think just by that alone, looking at this total, like 39 points now there's pretty good value on the bears. I personally set a little reminder here for myself to look out for a seven, hoping that pops up because if that does, I'll pounce on it personally. But um, I I would consider putting the bears on our card. If I could talk you into it tomorrow morning,
1: you're going to talk me into one of those other ones against (laughs) (laughs) quicker than this. It's only because look, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. The thing is, it's like there's so many different handicaps working here. The Steelers Tomlin, if he's a big favorite, and not this isn't big, but it's big enough. He's terrible at covering these numbers. He's terrible. They're much better, at, you know, in an under underdog spot. They're at home Monday night. I mean, Steelers usually do win Monday, like they, they do win primetime games. But the Bears, man, like I don't know what team to expect. You know, uh, is it going to be the team that comes out and doesn't get a first down against the Browns? I mean, obviously Fields was running for his life last week and ran great. But and I like the kid Herbert. I think it's possible Montgomery's going to play. I don't think he's going to, but you know I know he's potentially going to come back. But man, I, the Steelers defense is going to be good, and I I really expect them. I mean, like you said, it could be just a flood sport out there, 13 to 10 or 14 yeah. to 10, like one of these really rough games to watch. And you're right, there's value in, in a big spread like that, but mm-hmm. I don't think I can. Have anybody.
0: The Steelers average 19 points a game too, so. For them to cover uh, six and a half is asking a lot.
1: Yeah, nineteen thirteen doesn't get the get the job done. What, what are the Bears' average per game? Fifteen point four. Exactly. So <laughs> there you go. That's why they're in that mid thirties. Good God. I mean, the, the Bears' offense is like the worst in the league, dude. It's 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 ugly, man. Ugly. Yeah. i God we have an offensive coach. In
0: a I do like Herbert, but I think you're right. He's gonna. I mean, the Steelers have a great run defense, so you're gonna have to see Fields connect on some passes on monday all
1: right. all right well let's kind of go over our picks even though it was uh, a little bloodbath but let's go over the greens we san francisco on the rams around the nfc west guys that's two greens we've got some yellows here we've got uh, denver on the road against dallas because that big number and dallas some point is not going to cover a number buffalo you know laying the 15 on the road woohoo um new orleans was on our card six uh six point six and a half at home Against Atlanta, and then the ones that we could probably discuss, the Chargers, uh, being one and a half point short favorites on the road. So we've got some to pick from there. Not too many. I mean, the ones that you might have to talk me into, your, your Giants, uh, your Giants, your Patriots, and your Ravens. Ravens are probably the one we could put as a yellow. Okay. I consider just because I do trust the Ravens. All right, um, let me update so. that
0: one. We, uh, a lot of favorites here on our highlighted yes. picks this week. I think the. Denver Broncos are really the only underdog that we're considering at this point, except for the
1: Bears, maybe. Yeah. Great. Talk me into it now. Uh, well, we, oh, that's right. But technically, the Niners are not a favorite. Oh, in Oh, true. The Valid. Um, but yes, you're right. And that's kind of contrary to what we've seen all season. But and we'll see. You know, yeah.
0: we can... I mean, we hit on the top of the show a big underdog week last week. So we could be looking at a bounce back for the faves.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's go over the contest uh, details right now. We've got, if I can get down there in my spreadsheet for some reason, Um, here we go. So we we actually did okay, but we didn't make up, we made up ground on the field, but not the top. So the top dogs are coming back. So 31 and nine. So they're actually coming back to the pack. We're getting, we're getting closer action, but the top 50 is at 28 and 12. We're only we're five and a half picks back. We were five and a half last week because basically the top guys also went three and two. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, you know, at twenty two seventeen and one, we're at, you know eleven hundred and eighty first place, which is it's not bad. I mean, it's still about top quarter. We've made a comeback. We were down pretty far for a minute there, and obviously our second quarter total is not great. We've got one more week in the quarter, um, but yeah, yeah, I think we're doing pretty well uh, overall and. We get on of form one, I think we're going to be right in the mix.
0: Yeah, definitely. I uh, I like where we're at, and you know we're seeing the WEGS index really come into shape here. So I think this is where we hit our kick and really make a move here on the pack. We can eyeball that third quarter to make our big move and hopefully go after a little bit of cash there.
1: Yeah, let's get some use some cash action. I me tell you, stop on. Sorry, I here for a pimp here. Uh, anyway. Um... So yeah, let me just look at where we were at last year. Yeah, I mean last year at this time we were, you know, we weren't too much better. I mean we were basically about the same spot, you know. I mean through what, this many weeks, yeah, 22. You know, it's like almost we're a little bit we're half half better. Wow. So that. consistency, consistency. So. All right, well you know follow us at Sign Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And follow me on Twitter at 31s Roberts.
1: All right. Good luck, everybody, and thanks for being patient with us uh, coming out of the late.
0: That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action.